It's in the margins. I'm Matt Fisk with my wife Katie Fisk and Josh Lund hey, here. Hey. Hello. This is our the first of our coronavirus podcasts. Yes. We are excited to be recording this and being able to be here all together and not being dead yet. Yes. This is our little quarantine um, dungeon. That's so, right. Yeah. Yes. Welcome. We have a dungeon master. His name is Roman Raziak. That's Katie, John the Baptist. Katie's brother that lives in, in our basement. He may, he um, may hop in. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, we've been making our way through the book of Mark and we are in, after it took us forever to get through I feel like the first chapter of Mark, oh, yeah. we're now, I feel like we're cooking. We're, we're, we're going to do Mark chapter four uh, today. And, and just to pick up back in the story with all this, Jesus is the, the, you know, the mighty one who's appeared on stage. Uh, he's going and he's redefining what mightiness looks like, what the, what the king looks like. And, and we've seen him do a ton of stuff. We've seen him preach. We've seen him drive out demons. We've seen him heal. Uh, the last chapter or so we saw Jesus de- talking about very specific, uh, in the Jewish term would be halakha or halachik. Bless you. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jewish sneezes. Uh, talking about, those are like the legal discussions of what the law requires, wh- how you live Sabbath, how you don't live Sabbath, uh, and, and that kind of stuff. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? Those mm. kind of things. And what we're going to do here is we're going to transfer into what the things that people know about Jesus, which would be like, the parables. Mm. So we got a bunch of parables Parabolas. today. Oh. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, the, the, the these are super familiar. Now we're coming into this stuff. What do you guys, uh, how do you guys typically approach parables? Like, well, yeah, I think parables are, they're interesting because you can go one of two ways or really one of three ways is one, you can kind of just take it at face value and run with it, which is I think what we usually do. We right. read it. All yep. right, well, this makes sense. You know, cool. Um, I'll, I'll I'll do that. Sunday school, right? Yeah. yeah. I think the other way, which isn't good, is we can make them extremely allegorical, where we can literally try to find a meaning for every single little right. thing, and, <laughs> and 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 we, you get you get in a lot of trouble for doing that. Yeah. Um, because they they're not meant to be um, broken down quite like that. But then I think you can go in the middle where you can really try to put yourself in the shoes of those who would have been listening and understand all of the connections that they would have made. Um, but at the same time, realize that, uh, this is a parable, you know, it's being told because it's trying to help people who can't quite understand the mysteries of the kingdom, um, connect with them in ways that they may be able to understand. So there's that middle ground, um, and so I think that's what I try to do. I don't always do that, but, um, as I go through them, I try to find that middle ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, in, in prepping for this, I was doing a little bit of research that, so I had thought that Jesus was the only one who used parables. Mm. Right. Couldn't yeah. be further than the truth from the truth. Wow. Everybody used parables. Yeah. And so this is a common rabbi teaching technique. It just would have been yeah. it, it is par for the course. Now, Jesus Obviously, he is using his parables to make different points than a lot of the other rabbis. But but it's not like, oh, my gosh, whoever would have thought to use stories right. to, to teach things. And, and Well, we do it in our Bible studies, right? right? Like you sit right. down, you try to use a metaphor. I mean, yeah. that's, it's basically a parable. Well, a, a great example of this is um, Nathan confronting David. Mm. Uh, if, if you remember when David and Bathsheba have their whole thing in, uh, what is it? 
Second Samuel 11, 12, yep. somewhere around there. And the whole thing with Isaiah or Uriah and, uh, and Nathan comes to confront David about his sin, about his unfaithfulness. And he doesn't just straight up go in on him. He tells him a parable. We just think, oh, he told him a story, but it's a parable. It, right. You know, Nathan was a prophet. We don't think about it as a rabbi, but Jesus is doing that same kind of thing because sometimes it's easier to see a truth in a story rather than see it in yourself. Um, and then the, the other thing, Josh, talking about allegorical, what is <laughs> what, what's the danger in allegory or even what is allegory? When we start there. Gosh, um, how do you define allegory? I think um, it, it's basically the idea of, yeah, trying to find meaning in everything trying to um you know look at something and like almost like there's like some secret code to it right that you have to like figure out and mm, then it's it like opens. cryptic yeah right it's in and it's it's not although i think there are some really cool things um if you look pretty deep but um yeah you start to unlock things that jesus never meant so yeah I th- well i think that's the thing i remember reading um one of the church fi- i think it was origin who uh, like third or fourth century, he, uh, he, he talks about the parable of the Good Samaritan. And instead of seeing like a, a, a story about a good neighbor and stuff like that, he starts going, well, the, the, uh, the, the, the first one to go by represents the law and the, the Levite that goes after that passes the man on the road. He, well, he represents, right. uh, you know, the, the prophets. And then the, the, the donkey represents the cross the, of Jesus. The, the silver he pays at the, the end. Is the yeah. 30 pieces yeah. of silver. It, it's like crazy. Cause so you I've start to that. read stuff in rather than get stuff out. And so that's why we're, we're pointing that out that, Hey, parables yeah. are going to say a lot of things, but we can't, we can't torture it to make it say things that it's not saying. Right. And, and and I think the biggest thing, I'm glad you brought that up, is because Jesus has a point. Like he has a point that he's trying to get across to a crowd of people who don't have the wisdom nor time to break down some, you know, code like this. Mm-hmm. But he's got a point. And when you get too deep, your head gets buried and you miss the main point. Yeah. And that's what I, I, I hope as we go through this today, we can really uncover kind of what is that main point that Jesus is trying to get across. Yeah. So if if these parables that we're going over are kind of like old and crusty to you, you've heard them a thousand times. Well, maybe revisiting them in this kind of way to do it in a way that kind of resets thinking about, let's say you were a peasant hearing this for the first time in some random backwater Jewish town, let's say Bethsaida or something like that. And you have to get home because you have wheat to, you know, thresh out or something like that. Uh, how would you approach these parables? And even to think through what we've been trying to do the whole time, look at it from an Eastern perspective and a first century Jewish perspective. And maybe that'll bring some stuff up that uh, we don't normally get. So, yeah. You guys want to dive in? Yep. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm uh I'm super excited about this one. So, I was uh, you know, before corona came and um, you know, just blew everything up. Uh, I was just supposed to preach on this this Sunday. So, this is I've, I'm kind of really excited. There's a hey, lot of cool yay. stuff in here. That's that, awesome. Uh, I hope we can we can bring to life. Um, you know, I there's a lot, right? We're we're supposed to be reading through uh verse 1 all the way to verse 34. Maybe we can do that. Um, we probably should, uh, and uh, you can go ahead and do it on your own as well. Um, but, you know, I'd like to try to see if we can figure out some kind of connection between everything that's going on here. Otherwise, we're going to be trying to explain every single parable, and I don't know if right. sure we don't have time for that. And I don't think we need to do that. Right, yeah. yeah. Amen. Katie, you want to read that? Sure. The whole thing? 1 through 34, why not? All right. 
Read along with us at home. Um, Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake, while all the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teachings he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they could not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. When he was alone, the twelve and the others around him asked him about the parables. He told them, The secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you, but to those on the outside everything is said in parables so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, Don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seed sown among the thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some thirty, some sixty, some hundred times what was sown. He said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. He also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. With many other similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them, as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable, but when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. Woo! Go. <sighs> okay. Well done. No mistakes. No, wow. seriously, that was. I definitely a, inserted some words in there. You're a great hey, reader. Thanks. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, uh, what do you guys think? Just, I guess we'll, let's just start in the parable of the sower. Sure. Um, man, how many times have you heard this parable uh, shared? Too many. Seriously. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. So we're just going to skip it and move to the next. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, so many times. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> and, and here's the thing that I've heard it be used for um, is a yeah, parable of the sower is, I mean, we got to go share our faith, right? We got to go scatter some seed because one out of every four people 
<laughs> going to be like, oh my gosh, soil. I've never even heard that. Oh, I've used that. I think <laughs> one out of four. That's funny though. Yeah. Like, well, it, one out of four people, but more like 75% will be failure. And so right. we're like, Hey, you know, it's, it's oh, okay. We're so not going to, not, not everybody's going to be open. There's going to be lots of different people that react to the scriptures this way and or, or different ways. That happens because yeah. of allegory. Mm. Because we say, well, we got to figure out what the farmer is and who's the farmer mm-hmm. and not. And Jesus, is like, dude, listen, the farmer's just there to like, we just need someone to throw the seed, okay? Like, <laughs> it, it, he's not the main part of this story. Um, and it's what Jesus focuses his entire time and what he explains later on. And it's the the soils, right? It's mm. the soils and the seed that's being thrown onto those soils. Mm. Um but man, like, like you guys said, I mean, this is something that I feel like I've heard like a million times. So. so would it be wrong for me to think about it that way? Like, I wouldn't say it's wrong. I'd say it's unfortunate because mm-hmm. you are missing the bigger, better right. picture. So by looking at only at the ways I've always had, I'm missing out of what also could be there. Maybe even the main thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think so. Yeah. yeah okay. And it's Man, I, every time I, I read through the parables, I feel like there's so many that I've done that to where I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is how I've read it. And because I've heard it this time, every time I read it, I just read that into it. Yeah. Right. Rather than, like, really trying to go in with blind eyes and listen to Jesus rather yeah. than listen to the, all the people who have preached on it. And before. the way I've typically read the parables is, like, I kind of separate each one section by section in the Bible. And I'm like, oh, this is a totally separate story. Like, I've never looked for links in between them. Mm thinking that, oh, wow, maybe Jesus is telling a series of stories with a similar point, you know, or trying to expand on one point. Right. That is, um, I love that point. <laughs> like, seriously, absolutely. Because I think even as we read this, you, you got the parable of the sower, but then it's followed by a lamp on a stand. And then there's a parable of a growing seed and then a mustard seed. Okay, so they a lot of them have to do with kind of like agriculture, but then what's the link between right. them? Right. Yeah. Um, I have news for everybody. There is an incredible link <laughs> between all of them. Yay! Okay, I'm literally dying to hear this. Josh was teasing us beforehand. He's like, I think I got I got something great. And I'm like, I'm dying. Can you just tell he me? He said he's going to blow our well, minds. I'm going to save, I'm gonna save no, the, the, the oh. mind-blowing thing till the end because unfortunately um, it, it doesn't quite have to do, well, it does have to do with the link, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, help us find but, the link. So, so you know, you read the parable of the sower and, and we talk about, um, okay, well, if, if it's not about the, the farmer necessarily. It's all about the soils. Um, I think that makes sense, right? We've got the different kinds of soils. One is the hard path, Satan, you know, or the bird takes it away right away. You've got the thorns that choke it out. You've got the hard rock where it grows up fast, but it's not deep enough and all this kind of stuff. And then you've got the good soil, which shows uh, 30, 60, 100 times. But then we've got this little saying right in the middle of the parable and the explanation of it right. that I think when we when I've always read it, I've just thought it's Jesus just kind of getting upset and then like, all right, fine. If you don't get it, let me explain it to you. Mm-hmm. But similar to in Luke chapter seven, verses 36 to 50, where it's the, the, the sinful woman and the Pharisee, Jesus has a little thing he throws in the middle of it and it actually connects everything that's going on there. And I think that's exactly what Jesus is doing here. Okay. So, so he's, you know, at the very end, he says, J- Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Hmm. And whenever I read that, I'm just like, that's just like a saying Jesus said. Yeah. Like, if you got ears, yeah. you'll listen up, y'all. Yeah. But this is, is so key to unlocking everything that Jesus is about to say. Okay. Because the whole parable of the sower and everything else is all about listening and actually hearing what's being said. Right. 
Okay. It's not just about, hey, you've got a hard heart. You need to work on your heart. But it's, it's the heart is all about, are you hearing what Jesus is saying? And are you actually fighting to accept it? Hmm. And, and here's what I mean, right? Jesus goes on and he tells, you know, he, he references Isaiah here. He says, they'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. They'll be ever hearing, but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. And then in verse 13, Jesus says, don't you understand this parable? How then will you understand any parable? Now, here's the thing. Is this parable just like the easiest parable in the world to understand? Is that why they would never understand another parable if they don't hmm. understand this Yeah, one? that's a good question. Hmm. There's nothing simple about this parable. In fact, it's quite intricate. There's four different soils. There's different reasons that the soils don't produce fruit, like all this kind of stuff. The reason is because this is an entire parable about understanding. Huh. If you don't understand this parable about understanding, how right. will you understand all the other parables that I'm going to tell you? Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. And so, so I mean, we could dive so much into this, um, but I want to just kind of show how all the rest of them connect to this idea because I think it's really cool. Um, so you've got all these things, right? You've got Satan who pulls it away, right? You hear something from Jesus, but then you don't really take the time to think about what it means or understand it, right? Or yeah. accept it, right? You've got you've got the, the root that grows up fast. You get fired up about what you hear, but if you don't let the word of God sink into you, if you don't fight to understand and think about what it means in your life, it's not going to produce any fruit, Yeah. right? It's going to go up quick and then fade out. Same with the thorns. You've got a lot of worries in life. The word of God, you're not going to really understand it because everything else is going to get in there and interrupt it. Yeah. But the end... Right. And Jesus says that it's the people who um, listen, who hear the word and accept it and it produces a crop. So these are all the different responses. But then he gets into this idea of a lamp on a stand. And here's what's really cool. He says, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand, right? He goes on to this idea of, hey, you don't cover up light, right? And again, we make this about evangelism, right? You don't have you don't have this light in your life yep. just to cover it up. Oh yeah, I make this make this about I have to shine my light. My example has to be before men, which I don't. Right. I don't think that's wrong. Right. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a biblical point. Yeah. I mean, it's in Matthew. It straight up says that for a very. I think it's the actual same parable, but Mark is recording it differently. For yep. Right. What, for a different purpose. So so yeah, got it. Okay. Here's the deeper view of this. What Jesus just said, uh-huh. he's basically saying, listen, I'm not bringing you these incredible insights just to hide the meaning of them. Hmm. I don't bring a lamp just to put it under a basket. This is meant to, to, to be seen. It's meant to be understood. It's meant to be closed, right? He says, whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Oh, wow. Again, verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. And then verse 24. Pay but, attention. <laughs> pay a, Consider carefully what you hear. <laughs> With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Again, when I read that, I'm like, is that a bad thing? Like, you know, but he's saying, hey, whatever you understand, if you seek to understand it, you'll, you'll understand it. And even more, whoever has will be given more, right? Whoever has understanding will understand even more. But whoever does not have any understanding, even the little understanding, even the little hearing that they do will be taken away from them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. I never connected that. Yeah. Because the other two, I know in Matthew, it talks about the kingdom of heaven is like, but it it actually doesn't include that until verse 26. So these first two can't be about that because Jesus does say, and the kingdom of heaven is like this. Right. So this is about something that I've never made it about, which is fighting for understanding because right. what yeah. well something that kind of clued me into that was looking into the lamp on a stand um the first scripture i was thinking of when i was looking for remezes was psalm 119 105 your word is a lamp for my feet right. a light on my path and mm-hmm. i had always thought of this passage as 
oh, like my it's my light of my life that's shining. But what if the light is God's word Mm. and we're not we're not understanding it, you know, or we're hiding it. You know, we're not interacting with it. That changes things a lot. Like if it's my light versus God's light, like, Mm. are you the subject of the light? Are you the object of the light? Right. Like that's that's massive. That changes the way I read these things. Uh, uh, like and my own one fills me with 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 a calling and maybe at worst an obligation but the other one is more like a a, a gratitude yeah like like if it's my light then i i better get out there if it's god's light i better pay attention right yeah yeah okay and and, and sometimes you you got to do more than just pay attention but you got to fight to understand right. it right yeah. and, and and but it doesn't stop there um Keep it going. continues to go right parable of the growing seed this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Okay, well, we get back to this idea of seed. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. That's the same exact word for hearing no, he, mm. or, or for understanding. Greek, it's the word oida. So he's like, even though he doesn't understand. Mm. And so the, again, oh, this wow. is all by itself. The soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And it's this idea that the kingdom of God is going to produce fruit, whether or not you understand it or not. It's going to mm. continue to move forward. But also I think it's the idea that if you go out there and you live trusting the word of God, even if maybe you don't understand it, it's going to produce fruit because you're accepting it, which I think is pretty cool. Dang. Yeah, I never that, thought that, about it like that. No, that, like because this this one is always what I, I I use this one for evangelism. This one is is like oh I don't know how it how it grows up in people's hearts, but it's gonna work. Yeah, like you know, but oh my gosh, that's crazy. Like yeah, that's that. Really cool. Whoa. It, I mean, all this is just new to me. Like all this is just stuff that I was, I mean, I'm like, holy cow, there is a connection there that I I've never I've never, seen. never thought of this this way. Yeah. Well, let me just for the sake of time here, let, let's go on to the very last one. Okay. He says, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? What parable should we use to describe it? It's like a mustard seed, right? Smallest of all. When it's planted, it grows, becomes the largest of all plants uh, with such big branches that the birds can, plant, can, can perch in its shade. Now, if you guys remember what a remez is from all the other things that we've talked about, it's a reference to the Old Testament that people, when they heard it during Jesus' time, would have understood immediately what that was. It was right. been like, okay, wait, you're referencing this, and they would have remembered the story, and yeah. they would have seen the connection. Follow me over to Ezekiel chapter 17. Jesus loves him some Ezekiel. He does, man. Fiery dude. So in Ezekiel chapter 17, starting verse 22, I mean, th- this is one of the clearest remezes. There's, there's no like ambiguity to it. In verse 22, it says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will take a shoot from the very top of a cedar and plant it. I will break off a tender sprig from its topmost shoots and plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain heights of Israel, I will plant it. It will produce branches and bear fruit and become a splendid cedar. Birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shades of its branches. All the trees of the forest will know that I, the Lord, bring down the tall tree and make the low tree grow tall. I draw, I grow, um, I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. So not only do we have this tree bearing fruit in verse 23, but all the birds of every kind will nest in it. They will find shelter in the shade of its branches. And I will make the low tree grow tall, right? From a little mustard seed to the biggest one in the garden. And so it's extremely clear remiss. Mm-hmm. A very similar thing is said in Daniel when it's Nebuchadnezzar's dream that he's right, interpreting. Yeah. Hey, there's going to be a tree that's going to grow and it's going to be chopped down, right? That's talking about Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom and all this kind of stuff. But we're talking about the kingdom of God here. Now, 
clear a mess, but here's where things get cool. Follow me up to verse 10. Excuse me, verse 11. Okay. Actually, why not read verse 10? Uh, Verse 9. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Will it thrive? Will it not be uprooted and stripped of its fruit so that it withers? All its new growth will wither. It will not take a strong arm or many people to pull it up by the roots. It has been planted, but will it thrive? Will it not wither completely when the east wind strikes it? Wither away in the plot where it grew. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Say to this rebellious people, do you not know what these things mean? Mm. Say to them, the king of Babylon went to Jerusalem and carried off her king and her nobles, bringing them back to it. And he goes on to explain what this parable mm. means that God just gave to them. And it's, I mean, people would have realized, wait, this was when the people didn't understand what God was saying to them. Mm. Wow. Dang. That's I just think really so, cool. So if there is any part of me that still wants to hold on to that the only meeting here is my Sunday school meeting. It's like, this is so loaded in this as well. Right. That if by rejecting that, I'm like, I'm rejecting. I mean, we just bit into like the real depth, the Tootsie Roll at the center of the Tootsie Roll pop. I'm so sorry for using that metaphor. Hey, you know, (laughs) how many licks? Um, Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, I I just think one's really cool. Well, go ahead. Well, so, so so this whole thing is about fighting to understand it. And w- even while you're talking, Ezekiel 12. So there's a footnote in one of my, I just clicked over on my, my iPad here. In, in Ezekiel 12, verse 2, it says, Son of man, you will dwell in the midst of a rebellious house who have eyes to see, but see not, and have ears to hear, but hear not, for they are a rebellious house. Were you going to say that? I was not. Yeah. So, so like, it's it's also in Ezekiel. It's just a couple chapters earlier yeah. that this whole thing is like... it. Oh my gosh, it's blowing my mind. This whole thing is about fighting to understand what Jesus is actually saying. This scares the mess out of me, This these parables. That is I not understood. what I was expecting. Well, <laughs> the reason is, is because how many days do I get up and read my Bible and try to have kind of a shotgun quiet time mm. where I don't fight to understand all the stuff that God is saying? Like right. how many times do I hear a, 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 a church sermon and I, I, I take notes and, and I walk away and I'm like, that was really cool. But I don't fight to accept it and let it take root in my heart. And right. how many times do I open up the word of God without producing any kind of fruit? Hmm. Way too many. Hmm. Way too many. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that answers the question of why does Jesus speak almost only in parables? Because it says that at the end, I was noticing that mm. with so many parables, he sp- said that he he did not speak to them without a parable in, in Mark 4, verse 34. But I'm like, that seems mean. Yeah. But that makes so much more sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Jesus wants them to dig and he wants them to work and do the work of wrestling and of understanding. And if they don't, it exposes their hearts and what their real desires yeah. are. So same thing with us. When we don't do that digging and that wrestling, it exposes where our hearts are. Yep. And I think, you know, a huge thing that our culture struggles with and all of us struggle with is just immediate gratification. Wanting mm. that immediate understanding. If it's not there, I'm not going to fight for it. I'm going to move on to something else that's going to gratify me. What a perfect. It's so ironic that all of these parables are about not letting things 
sit and be easily accessible mm. and like you got to fight and dig <laughs> when these are literally probably the most stale yeah probably the ones i think that i'm the most comfortable with and the ones right. that i think <laughs> i understand the most and i've done probably the least amount of digging yeah. because <laughs> i feel like they're so simple how would i not get that because jesus yeah. explains it i know them all like oh my gosh and and it, it's actually like you're saying the sim- the gr- self uh there the instant gratification but i think i get lazy mm. too because when I'm tired in the morning, I'm like, I don't know if I want to fight for this. Yeah. I was thinking, too, about how at the end, when it talks about this parable of the mustard seed, it's describing what it actually looks like and what it turns into if we do fight to understand and accept it. Hmm. And this picture is beautiful. I mean, it's a picture of a tree that, like, people from all over the world can come and take refuge and enjoy its shade. And that's the kind of people we become. Hmm. I, I'm glad you said that because I think one thing that as we think about this can be, I don't know, kind of scary is that you feel like you've got to be some Bible scholar. Like mm. You've got to, you've got to have it all together. And it's like no birds of every, you know, kind perch in its shade. But I love what it says right after in verse 33, he says with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word. Okay. First of all, it says the word, the logos, which he says is what the seed stands for earlier. Mm. Right. So it says yeah. that he spoke the word to them. But then it says, as much as they could understand. Um, huh. and it's, we see that word again, which has been used over and over. It's actually the word hear, yeah, cool. as, as they could hear, as much as they could hear. And it's like, no, Jesus, it's like the lamp on the stand. Like he doesn't give you something that can't be uncovered. He speaks to you in ways that you can hear, that, but if you, it's all about your heart. Mm. It's all about whether or not you're really willing to yeah. dive in um, and get there. That's yep. awesome. Mm. So uh, I know we're, we're getting close to time. But since everybody's stuck at home because of coronavirus anyways, can we can we go do? a few more minutes to actually yeah, yeah. share the thing that was mind-blowing? Because I haven't <laughs> shared it yet. Well, now that you've teased it, you have to share okay. it. So. All right. Now, now, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you guys some questions, and you, you go ahead and answer it for Ooh, me. Okay, here so we go. So you're playing Jesus, and um, we're playing disciples. I will never say Jesus yes to that. is actually Yeshua, so Joshua. Hey. Oh, that's true. Yeah. All right. So, so it starts off right with Jesus um, preaching where? Uh, in a lake, on a on, on a, a seashore. So we've got water, right? Okay. What does he preach about afterwards? Seeds, seeds, and growing right. and all that stuff. Agriculture, right? Growing mm-hmm. plants and things like that. Then what does he talk about after the parables of that? The yeah. lamp, the light, light, right? <gasps> Maybe this idea of light being separated from day and oh night. Oh my gosh, I think I, I know, know where I think I know where we're going. And then what's after that? The growing seed, right? The vegetation. Yep, so there's vegetation <laughs> here. And then we've got the mustard seed, which what houses itself in the branches? Oh, birds. birds. Birds of the air. Right? Now, if we go next, we've got Jesus calming a storm. Uh-huh. Which- um, Sea creatures. Right, exactly. You've got sea creatures, right? Which <laughs> in the sea. comes after the birds. Right? And then Jesus heals a man with a demon. Huh? Demons. Well, he puts it into no, first what? He puts the demons into what? Pigs. Um, Pigs, oh. so animals of the land, uh-huh. and then mm. what is what's after the animals? What comes out to tell Jesus to leave? The People. town, peoples, yeah. men. Hmm. What does that sound like to you? I mean, it's the creation story, right? The creation story, like oh wow, <laughs> weirdly in so line. Random though. I have no idea. I don't know what we do with that. Well, the more I thought about it, the more and less I think I know. Um, <laughs> But I want to have it. Please. What was it that started everything? The word. The word. 
There it is. Bam. I'm going home. I quit. <laughs> there it is. Whoa. And you know what? That's not in here. Mm. That's the thing that's missing. Yeah. But when you read this. Wow. It's right there. I mean, and it's all about the kingdom. Like this is establishing a brand new kingdom that's never yeah. been before. I mean, this is like a new creation story. Mm. So, so as we land the plane on this whole thing, that was awesome. I'm getting chills. <laughs> so, so what do we take away from all of this? Because I mean, we, we, we have these things we need to, so there is understanding. What do I do with that? This it's, you know, this is going out on Wednesday. What do we do? I mean, I think we all have to wrestle with the question of what keeps us from digging, what keeps us from mm. understanding, what keeps us from accepting, um, even thinking about Satan's role in that too. What, yeah. what is he trying to achieve? Cause it's mm. not just about us being horrible people or anything. It's, it's Satan doesn't, he's like the birds on the path. He wants to take it away. Mm. So that's the first thing I think of. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking like with the, with everything that's going on, right. A lot of us, not everybody, but some of us have a little bit more free time. It's, you know, how, how, how do I use just the time that God's given me to, um, understand him, to yeah. understand his word, to understand and, and accept it, um, you know, in my life. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just way too easy to be one of those box checking Christians, um, where I read yeah. my Bible and I check the box and it's, you know, is this going to produce fruit in my life today? Or do I need to spend a little bit more time praying and thinking and going to God so that it will? That makes me think of too, how as we're wrestling with the word during this time with the virus, I think we have to think about the question too, what kind of people does God want us to be? Um, hmm. How does he want us treating people during this time? So obviously we're all hearing stories about people going crazy. Well, that that that's where I was going to go too about so the the idea of birds of all kinds coming to nest in the tree. There's a bit of Jewish symbolism if I can nerd out a little bit. The noble cedar would have been stood for the nation of Israel and all the different kinds of birds of all types probably would have represented the Gentiles yep. coming right, in and resting right. in that. So the the thing for for us is not how we can be better Jews, but it's is the kingdom that we're creating, the kingdom that we're part of, are are we bearing fruit? Are we bearing vegetation, good deeds, the, the things that we do in our understanding that allows people to come in and rest in the shade? Do they mm. feel protected? Do they feel like yeah. the, the place that I'm at is a place where I can belong, the place that I can find refuge? Or do our good deeds of our 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 faith, our devotion, our passion to follow Jesus, does that yeah. make us exclude more? Does that push people away? Yeah. Is it more for, for you to get yours or is it more to bring the kingdom shelter refuge mm. to people that don't already have it? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I just think this, this time is like so tempting to be someone who wants to self protect mm. and hoard yep. rather than someone who wants to protect others. Yep. Yeah. So great stuff. Amen. Yep. Well, I think that's going to do it. And uh, yeah, we are, we're still going through the book of Mark. Uh, so for me, Matt Fisk, Katie Fisk, and Josh Lund, uh, thanks so much for joining us. You can find more on novachurch.academy uh, for more podcasts, more things coming at you. And uh, we will check you next time. See you guys. Boo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo.